1: Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
2: Okay. Joining us now is Andrew Brant, And Andrew is the perfect person to speak to about Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, and him potentially coming to New York to play for the jets andrew are you there
3: i'm here good to be with you
2: hey thanks for taking the time out to join us tonight so andrew was the vice president of the packers from 1999 to 2008 so you were there when the pack drafted the goat quarterback aaron Rodgers. and uh i think it's interesting now you know the jets fans are kind of thinking about when the Packers traded Brett Favre to the Jets, and we heard today that the Packers are seeking two first-round picks. Um, let's go back in time. Uh, yeah. There's a few things I want to ask you, but when you guys were moving on from Brett Favre, and obviously Aaron Rodgers dropped a bit, and you chose him, like what what were the the plans for the future? What was the thought process there?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this story before. You don't have a plan. Definitely, in terms of the when you turn over the team to the new guy, you know it's going to be at some point, and they're going through it right now. The asymmetry and the deja vu between 15 years ago and now is uncanny, especially someone like me that saw it happen. It was 15 years to the day after we took Aaron Rodgers in the first round, where there was a Hall of Fame quarterback on the roster, at that time the most durable player in the history of the sport, But we had a a decision to make in 2005. You know, you have a bunch of players, rated first round players. You get to your pick, in our case, number 24, and there's only one name up there. So this is a decision that defines an organization, whether sports or otherwise. Do you do something that will help you more short-term? In our case, dip into our second round grades to take a, a, line, a defensive lineman or whatever it was going to be? Or do you trust the board and take the best player available, even though he's not going to help you? Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe never. And we decided to take Aaron Rodgers with that pick. And oh my God, Brett hated it. The media hated it. The fans hated it. Aaron put on a good face, but he couldn't have been happy come to a place where he was never going to play. So three years of that. And I was, that was a searing memory in my history, in my career where managing, you know, a superstar like Brett, wondering why he has to come into work every day to sit with his replacement and managing Aaron's camp, wondering if he's ever going to (laughs) play. And now they've gone through that again for three years Mm -hmm. where, I'm sure the Jordan Love camp has been asking when, if ever, he's going to get his time. And of course Aaron Rodgers has come off two back-to-back MVPs before this season. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, all these rumors, I'm kind of like Aaron, like I'm not going to believe any of these rumors until anything happens in these, you know, these trade packages and Photoshops of him on the Jets or him on that team or him on another team. That's all premature. But I think the real question is back to 2008 do the Packers want him? Do the Packers want to continue this because they've been keeping love in the bullpen now three years, just like we kept Aaron in the bullpen three years? Listen, as you know so well, in New York, no first-round pick ever waits. How are they they don't even wait three games, and these guys waited three years. So, are the Packers really willing to put Jordan Love back in the bullpen for a fourth year? And to me, that's a bigger question whether whether they want Aaron. Yeah. First-round picks are gold, and. Are you gonna give up basically give up on that first round pick if you if you want Aaron back?
2: Yeah, I think it's so interesting as well with Jordan Love. He was a first round pick, number twenty-six, and then you get Jalen Hurts picked after him at Mm fifty-three in the second round. Here we look at Jalen Hurts this year. People are talking about him in the MVP conversation. He's now in the conference championship in the Final Four, may get to a Super Bowl. And when are we gonna see? Jordan Love, is Jordan Love ready? Do we think Jordan Love is better than Jalen Hurts? I don't think so from what we've seen. But the Packers are faced with a decision here uh, on what to do for the future of their organization. They came up short. They missed the playoffs this year with Aaron Rodgers. I kind of get the feeling that it is time to move on. Uh, What are your thoughts on them parting ways? And secondly, do you think Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if he's traded here, he doesn't really have a say, but he could retire um, do you think he wants to play in New York specifically for the Jets?
3: I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I'll say this: I, I'm a big fan, and I was around him three years. And in my time, we drafted him in '05. I left in '08. I'm a big fan. I, I just think he is. His physical skills are obviously apparent to everyone who watches football. He's got off-the-charts intelligence. I know people get frustrated sometimes with his thoughts. But I'm just I'm a fan of people that are open and honest mm-hmm. versus all the cliches you hear from most players. And I think the Packers have shown him a lot of respect. We'll see what happens now. I think the thing about Aaron is, you know, what? what are his interests? There's talk about they have to bring back that player or this player or that player. You know, the Packers are a draft-and-developed team. The Packers are usually a team that builds young, and I know that from my time there. But listen, the Packers have taken a different tack in recent years than my time, where they pushed out a lot of money, and they've kind of taken a go-for-it approach, probably because Aaron had these MVP seasons. Now they got a lot to deal with. You know, if they keep them, it's a $60 million number. If they trade them, it's going to be a huge number as well of dead money. So there are no great options for the Packers' cap out of this. Either way, they're kind of in a bad place. So if they trade them, obviously, I think the, the answer to your questions about trade is where do they get the best package? What team's going to offer whatever they want and sort of let play teams against each other? To get the best package for Aaron Rodgers in a trade.
2: Yeah, and, and today we saw a clip, and I think we'll, we'll end up cutting it up and getting the audio for our listeners, but Aaron Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee's show. Mm-hmm. They have a friendship, and Pat McAfee asked him about Zach Wilson and the Jets, and he spoke for a few minutes on that, and I think that got the attention of Jets fans. But I, I think it's interesting that you know there are some Jets fans thinking that Aaron Rodgers would come here and mentor a Zach Wilson, potentially – but we already know about the situation with him and Brett Favre and there wasn't much mentoring there. This wouldn't be the same type of situation because he'd be retiring and Zach Wilson wouldn't be taking his job. Zach Wilson would be stepping up, but um, Mm -hmm. they have a relationship. I thought it was interesting that, you know, Aaron Rodgers even said, yeah, I text him on a Friday night. Like, what are you doing in the facility? Go be a kid, go have some fun.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure Aaron was good, has been good to Jordan Love. He thinks very highly of him. Um, you know, I keep getting back to on the Packers side. Do they want Jordan Love to be their con- their quarterback? And if they do, is it this year? Is it next year? Is it never? So those are the questions they have to figure out. Um, and we'll see about Aaron. I I think I tweeted this. I think they know. I don't think we know. Right. But I think. They, I, think they know. I think. Aaron knows. <laughs> I think the Packers know. I think they know what they're going to do. My sense is there's going to be a change, just like 15 years ago. There's going to be a change, and. But I have
2: no. I mean, I have no inside knowledge on that.
3: So we'll see about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, none of us can know. So let's ask yeah. some questions about this yeah. upcoming. Weekend, I mean, yeah. you got Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts, who I've mentioned, and you get Mahomes versus Burrow. I think these are going to be great matchups. I think if I'm betting, I'm expecting it to be a Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl, but nobody knows. What are you thinking about this weekend's matchup? Who comes out on top, and who's going to shine?
3: Yeah, That's who I picked at the start of the playoffs. I wrote about it in Sports Illustrated. Eagles, Bengals. I just think they're the most uh, savvy teams. This, um, I know, this will upset a lot of your listeners. But I got. I came into this weekend. There was all this talk about the Giants and Day ball, and maybe they could be like the Giants of past years, running through the playoffs and eerily like two thousand seven or what. I said, "There's no way in God's green earth the Giants are going to beat the Eagles." <laughs> There's, there was no way. The talent gap between those two teams, oh, my God. I mean, maybe Saquon Barkley could start for them. Maybe Dexter Lawrence. Out of 22 positions, maybe two. Mm -hmm. Maybe two. So that was going to be a blowout from, from play one. The Eagles are loaded. They are loaded. I know people talk about McCaffrey and George Kittle and all that. But I like the Eagles and maybe big. And on the other side, you know, the Mahomes injury is a factor, as much as they say it's not going to be. Um, and I like the Bengals in a tight one. Tight one there, yes.
2: Yeah, they're rolling. The Bengals are confident, and they're they're not hiding from anything. Now, you mentioned Saquon Barkley. Uh, here's the last question for you, because you've dealt with contracts and extensions mm-hmm. and. Evaluating players that you drafted uh, here in New York, the conversation on the Giants side now that their season is over is about what Joe Shane does um, this first, you know, season as GM, and he's already had his press conference saying, like, you know, Daniel Jones is our guy; he played well; they want to keep him. Uh, yeah. But there's reports that have come out around Saquon Barkley uh, turning down 12 million and wanting more of a Christian McCaffrey type deal at 16. I don't think he's going to get that, not not now. Not, I don't think he's going to reset the running back market or any of that. Uh, what are you thinking about Saquon Barkley? I think he's 25. He's obviously had injuries, but he's coming off a good season. He's been vocal about yeah. wanting to be a giant for life.
3: Yeah, the thing is with backs, as everyone knows, it's the shortest shelf life in the sport. I feel for running backs, especially with that three-year rule. Coming out of college, you have to wait three years those those years would be very productive financially for running backs more than any other position. So it's tough to pay running backs, but the problem, the thing about the NFL is everyone knows these contracts aren't real. So whatever you sign four or five years doesn't really matter. What's the guarantee? It's gonna be two years for these running backs at most. So would you pay Barkley thirty million over two? I don't know. Would they pay him twenty seven over two? It's gonna come in around that. I would think, Mm -hmm. you know, the problem, the thing is there's some really hot running backs out there this year. Uh, Unfortunately, Tony Pollard got hurt, but you have Josh Jacobs. um, You have Miles Sanders. I mean, you're going to have some interesting names out there that probably hurt Barkley's leverage because this is a unique year for top running backs. I think Jacobs might get the most. And um, more than Barkley maybe. So we'll see. But, again, two-year deals in the 25 to 28 range probably sound right.
2: Yeah, and I just don't see these running backs getting these, like, fifteen, $16 million deals when you look at, like, Alvin Kamara, really like Ezekiel Elliott, right? Ezekiel Elliott gets yeah. six years at $15 million a year, and he just came out and said, I'm willing to restructure my contract and take a pay cut because he knows he's not performing like the player he once was. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the wide receiver market exploded last year. Now you have AJ Brown and others, and Devo, <coughs> along with Devontae and Tyreek, making twenty twenty five million a year. Running backs are never going to get there. You know, it's just we have we live in a world where wide receiver, top wide receivers, are a different level than top running backs. Doesn't it's not fair because running backs take a lot more punishment, but it's just the way we are.
2: Yeah. Now with the quarterbacks. You know, a, a lot of the conversation mm-hmm. around Daniel Jones is: Is he top ten? And they put together top ten quarterback lists all through the season, in the off season, in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. the end of the season. And uh, I saw Greg Jennings today uh, going at uh, Nick Wright and kind of made a case for Daniel Jones being right on the cusp of being number ten in the NFL. The Giants did not pick up his fifth year option, and they have to pay him. They have to keep him. They got to set up a new contract for their starting quarterback, I think he's priority one over Saquon Barkley. I have yeah. no idea what he's going to make because I have no idea how long they make that contract, how long they actually attach themselves to him right now.
3: Yeah, I run a program at Villanova. We did a mock negotiation between the Giants and Jones. We came up with about a $26 million a year average.
4: Okay. I <laughs>
2: mean,
3: Maybe he gets a little more than that. He's not going to get in the $40 million range where the
2: elite guys are. Like Dak Prescott. Yeah. <laughs> Dak Prescott at $40 million a year, leading the league yep. in interceptions, seven games with two interceptions. That's not money well spent.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's where we are. And, and he was perceived a lot more elite than Daniel Jones is perceived now when he did his contract. So we'll see. I, you know, the question is, would Dan, would they let Daniel Jones – See the market, and see what else is out there. See what all these other quarterback-hungry teams might offer him. I would think they try to get a deal done before the market opens. Me too, but that you know, that gives Jones some leverage.
2: Yeah, and I don't think he's the spiteful type, but there are some people that think that he plays hardball because they didn't pick up his option, and yeah. that you know he takes his time well, with this
3: thing. It's not so much him; he's he's got CAA. <laughs> right his people they play you know they play tough they you know they've negotiated some big-time deals for stafford and the mannings and everything else
2: interesting all right well thank you for the 20 minutes i'm not going to hold you any longer yeah. but good conversation i just followed you on twitter thanks for the wfan shout out and thanks for sharing your insight on the fan
3: Yeah, people are asking too about a couple other things i do the um Newsletter every week. So just sign up, go to andrew com. all this kind of stuff in my newsletter. And then uh, Instagram, I do these reels about all these things we're talking about.
2: So Andrew Brandt
3: 2 is the Instagram Reels, so people can check it out.
2: Awesome. At Andrew Brandt on Twitter as well. Thank you, Andrew, for joining.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com?
1: and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets have acquired... Mike Piazza from the Florida Marlins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Ayo, here we go.
2: About halfway through my five-hour show. keep McPherson on the fan. Let me reset the table for what we're going to talk about the rest of the night. Obviously, Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland is in with Fred McGriff for the 2023 class. Uh, We've already taken some calls. We've already spoken on that a bunch. Aaron Rodgers today was on Pat McAfee, and I think he's just stirring the pot. That guy's smarter than we actually give him credit for. I think he knows what's going on, and he knows what potentially could happen. And I didn't really want to believe that Aaron Rodgers would come here. I thought he'd retire before... Heading this way, especially not trying to follow in the footsteps of one Brett Favre. But after hearing him talk about his relationship with Zach Wilson today and thinking about what the Jets actually need and them being ahead of schedule, they might not feel like they need their first-round pick in 2023 and 2024. Go ahead and send that and get arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, depending on who you ask. Yeah, he's up there in age, but he's not as old as Tom Brady. If I'm a Jets fan, I want Aaron Rodgers over Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson. I'm saying, hey, Joe Douglas, you made a mistake with Zach Wilson. Here's how you make it right. Bring this guy in to mentor Zach Wilson. Let's get two years out of him. Maybe we can win the bowl. He needs another ring. And I think he's kind of over... The Packers organization. I I had a thought that he wanted to stay in one jersey, but I'm just reminded that they drafted Jordan Love three years ago and he felt slighted so much so that he came out and won back to back MVPs. So maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a reality for Jets fans there. I'm sure Jets fans will call me up. I mean, the NFL is king. You hear me say that a ton. They're never going to lose. The Nielsen viewership ratings came out. The Bengals-Bills game did 39.3 million viewers. That's the most watched AFC Divisional Playoff game on record in the early window. It peaked at more than 45 million at 45.1. That's everybody. That's everybody watching that cares about football. And even people that don't care about football watching. The NFL is king. Continuing with that theme. When we look at the NFC, Sunday's divisional class clash between the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, that delivered 45.7 million viewers on Fox. And that ranks as the most watched matchup of the weekend and second most watched NFL divisional playoff game ever. 45.7 million people watched Dak Prescott throw two interceptions, give the game away, and little Brock Purdy stays perfect. Speaking of Dak giving the game away, I think the Cowboys are going to end up giving their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator away. The Cardinals are flying out Dan Quinn, and uh, he's having his second interview for their head coaching job. He's also a top candidate for the Broncos and Colts job. And uh, I think Kellen Moore is zeroing in on the Panthers gig. And I think I said last night as we were talking about the Cowboys, like, they got to change something. If they're not going to fire... Mike McCarthy, because he had a sleepover at Jerry Jones' house and they're besties, okay. But there's something wrong with Kellen Moore and Dak. There's There's a miscommunication or some type of gap between what Kellen Moore wants and what Dak is actually able to do. I think that they should go ahead and move on from him as an offensive coordinator. I think like four years ago, people looked at him like a boy genius. If the Panthers want him, send him. I'd be perfectly fine with that. I mean, I'm kind of off the Cowboys. It is what it is. But on that other side, in Philly, I saw today that uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson, yeah, he had his car stolen in Philadelphia. He went on a live video. He said, that's what y'all do in Philly after a win? Somebody stole his car, and they got him on video. He claims he knows who did it. Interesting. Uh, Former Giant Evan Ingram, he spends one year away from the New York Giants. He signed a one-year deal with the Jags, and he balled out. He had his best year in the NFL in five seasons. He set a career high in catches with 73 and yards with 766. They're trying to keep that group together, and he's trying to re-sign and cash out with the Jaguars. I think that's a good fit. I think he stays there. I can't wait to see them add Calvin Ridley to that offense with Christian Kirk and uh, Evan Ingram. What else do we have here? Some off-the-field stuff that might be detrimental to the 49ers, but shouldn't slow them down too much. The 49ers um, have a guy in custody, or at least he was charged. D. Lyman Charles Omeniu, he was arrested for domestic violence in San Jose. Um, I think he pushed his girlfriend, and she called the police. That's not great. That's a distraction going into the NFC Championship, but he's a reserve um, and you you know that Niners defense is stacked. I'm sure they'll be fine, and he'll probably play. Now, Eli Apple, I mentioned in my open. Eli Apple, a former Giant, former Giants first-round pick. I don't know what's wrong with that guy, but uh, he was trolling Stefan Diggs and the Bills, and he put out a tweet that said, Cancun on three, and he used the heart emoji with the, like, hands making the heart. And I know I heard Craig say today that every teenage girl uses that. But that was specifically what DeMar Hamlin put up in the hospital on Zoom for his teammates, and that has become his symbol. And I just think that Eli Apple is taking things a little too far. So in the spirit of taking things a little too far, Shaq Lawson, a guy that nobody should want to mess with, a D lineman for the Bills, said on Twitter, you played a good game, Eli Apple. But disrespect my boy Hamlin and his situation, and that will get you beat up for real. Keep it on the field. Eli Apple's celebrating like the Bengals don't have potentially two more games. I think it's like clout chasing for Twitter likes and and to be seen, right? If you're a good enough NFL player, everyone should know who you are. You shouldn't need to go to Twitter and troll. But he chose to, and it is what it is. I don't know if you caught any of that. It was hard to miss today. But other than that... We're talking about Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley turned down $12 You might have heard me say that to Andrew Brandt. That was during the season, and now we're in the offseason, and they got to figure that out. I don't know how much it's going to be, but the guy has said he wants to be a giant. I think Daniel Jones wants to be a giant. Those guys are captains. Those guys are top picks, first-round picks within the top 10. I think they do their best job at securing them, and I honestly don't think the market... For them, is going to be too crazy where they'll leave and uh, go elsewhere. And The Knicks are on tonight without Evan Fournier. Congratulations to Evan Fournier. He has stepped away from basketball because his wife had a baby today. They had a baby boy today. Congratulations to Evan Fournier. He's a shooter, but tonight Julius Randle is lighting it up. When I last checked, Julius Randle had seven threes in this game. Going back to this game, Julius Randle's got 30 points, 10 rebounds. The Knicks are up 93-88 over the Cavaliers in the Garden. And diehard Mets fan Donovan Mitchell is there. They told Donovan Mitchell, you can't wear that Mets hat in here. He says, why? Because those are Knicks colors, the blue and orange. Julius Randle, yep, 7 out of 10 from deep with 30 points. Jalen Brunson's got 10. Quentin Grimes got 10. R.J. Barrett's got 16. The Knicks are holding it down. Donovan Mitchell, he's got 21 points. We'll see how that game ends. As you know, the Knicks tend to give it up late. And as I say that, there's six minutes left, and it is a one-possession game, 93-91. I'm going to move away from that. I don't want to jinx anything. Let's go to the NHL. I had my Devil's jersey on in here, but I always put on my, my hockey. like The hockey jerseys are like warmer, as they should be. They play on ice whenever I put the hockey sweater on, on top of a hoodie, I end up sweating, even at the Rock Prudential Center. The Devils are facing off against the Golden Knights of Vegas, the NHL's newest expansion team. And when I last checked that score, yes, the Devils are still down 2-1 in the third period. There's about 13 minutes left. I will keep my eyes on that for you guys. I've uh, really been in here watching MLB Network. We're going to get back to the baseball conversations around the Hall of Fame, what you guys think about steroids, what you guys think about the Astros cheating scandal, what you think about gambling today and Pete Rose and these writers and all of that type of stuff. Call me up at 877-337-6666. I think I've set the table enough for the rest of the show. Let's get back into it. Jimmy's in Jersey City on the fan. What's up, Jim?
6: My oh, man, Keith, I don't know. Did you give me, did you give me my props for that, uh, for that, for that uh, Philadelphia game over the Giants?
2: No, but I'll give you your props now. You were right, but you know we weren't doing that last week. You know, you called in and told these Giants fans that they were going to get smoked by the Eagles, but that wasn't the vibe last week. Well, I just wanted to try and get them ready, Keith, you know, before you spill a hot cup of tea on you. way
6: let you know that cup's full of hot water. <laughs> Oh, man. That, like that guy just before. You can put two starting guys on the Giants on that team. That, that, that's why it was a blowout. And Philly's going to blow out San Francisco. And yeah. Cincinnati's going to double-digit up, up on Kansas City. And yeah. then and then the NFL, since
2: Cincinnati's never won the Super Bowl, Cincinnati's going to win the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow. They're going to make Joe him Burrow, the guy. Yeah, yeah. They're going to make sure all the hype goes around Joe Cool. Hey, uh, Keith, I can't believe <laughs> that this guy scott Rowland
6: is a hall of fame
2: i mean i just i don't know when i when it was just him i'm like just scott Rowland. that's so underwhelming for me but i don't want to hate on him congrats to him and his family but there right. are other guys underneath him that i'm just like these are bigger names they had a bigger impact they're they're, they're I more just, recognizable I just, and,
6: I just looked over him and don manley's numbers like Come on, man. You yeah. put 10 over Don Manley. When you go, Don Manley who won more gold gloves, better batting average, had more, had almost led the league for six years by himself. When did Scott Rowland dominate the league?
2: When? <laughs> nah, Friggin- it's not even about that. That's what I'm saying. When you go over these guys' baseball reference numbers and their impact, I guess you can manipulate the numbers to make a case, but not over someone like a Don Mattingly, not over someone like a Keith Hernandez. There's so many guys. It's like Scott Rowland. Like there are young people that are listening right now. They don't, they are not familiar with Scott Rowland at all. Oh, uh,
6: that's a joke. Hey, when you have good guys on for, I wish you were around, Keith. Like I said, fifty eight, you're a young guy. I wish you were around seventies, eighties baseball. I that's loved when baseball. It. That's when baseball was really <laughs> baseball. The Bronx hard Zoo. Nose, yeah, hard nosed baseball, Keith. When you get in that basketball, and you try to hog up that plate, you were getting pinged with a pitch. Sit him down. Care. You yeah you today today you can't do that. They want to fight. They want this and that, but. Back then, baseball was baseball, man. It was hard-nosed baseball, the way you could run into the catcher like Pete Rose and things like that, buddy, House in the shortstop, second base. So yeah, that's Goose was, Goose fun, was man. about to go
2: in, Jimmy. I, I kept trying to send him on his way because I didn't know where he was going to take us. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's a wild one. <laughs> he was Goose good tonight. Good. He was on his best behavior for me tonight.
6: Hey, how much how much to put that thing at the uh, thing the thing in sea cuz how much is 15, it?
2: That, 15 15 bucks for the general admission ticket and then there's tiers because like everybody's going to be there and I think if you get VIP or certain tickets like you can buy time and autographs and like everybody's going to be there from Mariano to Matsui to Soda
6: Actually, the the public should be mixed in with all these uh,
2: superstars? No, there's like a a private room. It's in the mall. It's in the American Dream. You come in there, but they've got their own area. Yeah. Then
6: you pay for that. All right. Yep. Oh, pretty cool. You going to be there?
2: Yeah, I'm hosting. So I'll be greeting people. I'll be interviewing the players. And like I said, I'm a fan, so I'm geeked up because I haven't met most of these guys. Like, you know, last year was my first year on The Fan so I did get to meet some people, you know, through WFAN MLB Network. But this this roster is crazy. Like this uh, this is going to be crazier than playing in Bernie Williams' softball game.
6: Hey, hey, is Greg Nettles going to be there?
2: Yeah, I believe so. Let me uh, double check that. But I believe I heard his name in one of the meetings or conversations we were having. There, everybody that I saw on that list is just like, if if you're yeah, a Yankees thanks. fan. Through the, through the generations, through the decades, like, there's somebody here for you. That's why I mentioned even, like, Nestor and Oswaldo Cabrera are going to be there. Um, yeah, back
6: in the, back in the day, uh, Nettles and Bobby Mercer, they, they were my Yankee idols.
2: Right, let me two, see. Two
6: all-time Yankees. Is he there? You don't
2: know you said? Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up and, and get the roster list, and uh, I'm just blanking on it. I have it in front of me, but I don't have it, like, listed with the names. There's pictures. Um, but when I when I see it, I'll confirm on air whether uh, Nettles right. is involved. But I'm pretty sure he is. Bucky Dent, Joe Girardi, uh, David Cone, Bartolo Colon, Oswaldo Cabrera, Chili Davis, Randy Johnson.
6: And maybe uh, I should take my maybe I take my daughter, and my nephews out. That'd be nice.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> Saturday and Sunday, and it's it's plenty of time. It's 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on both days, so. Oh great! They hey, got they uh, got guys at certain times. You know they're not going to stay there the whole time. I'll be there hosting the whole time, but guys will be coming in and out. Mariano, David Wells, John and Susan will be there. Luis Soho, Andy Pettit, Lou Pinella. Yeah, it's a good, know, good there's a list. Nice,
6: nice, nice mix of guys. Hey Keith, so if you want on Sunday, right? Me and you, we'll, we'll put a like a nice, you know, like a five thousand dollar bet, and we'll, put, we'll take Philadelphia, and then we'll split the we'll split the proceeds. Five thousand
2: dollars. Yeah, come I got on, man. five on it. I got five, five, <laughs> five cash, five singles.
6: <laughs> no, I'll treat you to uh, dinner at Roz's, Roz's Pizza Place down there in uh, downtown Jersey City.
2: <laughs> yeah, Roz's, Roz's is, is great, and they remodeled it, and it's, it's even better. So, yeah, Craig Nettles is going to be there Sunday at 12. Oh,
6: awesome. All right. Thanks. Hi, right, my man. Keep so I got for you, brother. Have a good night. i keep listening, my man.
2: Thanks for the call, Jimmy. Shout out to Jersey City. And Raza, Raza is lit. I used to live around the corner from Raza. And then they changed it after the pandemic. Um and it's better. It's just it's a great like Italian uh pizza spot. And I think some people say it's just like one of those like best kept secrets, but it's not a secret. Shout out to Raza. They always show love. The owner, last time I was there, came over and they've got like great like butter. I know it's like a random thing to say, but if you get the bread and a different kind of butter that they have there, Raza, R-A-Z-Z-A, I'm giving them free promo. It's fine because I go there and it's good. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up, 877-337-6666. We've got more Cowboys fans on the line. I don't want to talk about the Cowboys, but we will right after
1: this. The Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Ever since I left the city, you,
2: you, you. Right back at it on the fan. Keith McPherson checking in. Paulie on the ones and twos behind the glass. Let me give Gary Spitz a shout-out who, like, randomly writes on my Facebook. <laughs> I said, uh, I think I said before that the Devils were playing the Golden Knights, the newest expansion, expansion team. They're not the newest expansion team in the NHL. Of course, that's the Seattle Kraken. The Golden Knights were new in 2017, and the Kraken... Came about last year, so you got it, Gary. I see you. I just don't go on Facebook and talk. It's, like, one of the worst places. I check it because I have, like, I don't know, grandparents and cousins and uh, some older people that I know that are only on Facebook. Even, like, some of the bleacher creatures are really, like, you know, some of the older creatures are only on Facebook, so I go on there. But that place is not for me. That place is not for me, especially once you get on, like, TV, radio, you can Go on Facebook, read some terrible things about yourself, make you feel worthless. (laughs) I'm kidding, but I'm not. All right, let's get back into the show. Let's get back to the phones. I'm taking calls these next two hours that I have. Uh, It's on you. Whatever you guys want to talk about, I set the table. I think I've put enough out there, and my next three calls are about the Dallas Cowboys. How about them? Kevin is in Brantford, Connecticut. How you doing, Kevin?
4: Let me tell you, man, I just wanna say you filled some big shoes with Steve Summers and I love the way you let the young kids come on the radio, brother.
2: Thanks. And no I one no six... one can no one can fill those shoes. Steve is the man, and I hear people say that and man, I appreciate bro, the compliment. But you, you know You set
4: the tone with those young kids to get involved in the sports. I'm s i am turned sixty five Saturday, Keith. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. You had me so revved up about the Cowboys, who I remember when they used to win, by the way. And then my boy Danny White blew three championship games in a row. Almost broke my poor mother's TV, God rest her soul. I was so, so fired up. I finally got on the radio with Sal at 2 in the morning to complain, bro. And you know what's funny as hell? I swore and, and like they just cut you right off, you know. I'm like, oh my god, I swore and dropped the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Keith, you played the game. I've been listening. I've been dying to talk to you about the Yankees and and tonight Dallas. We're both painful Dallas loyal fans. But Doc, Doc can't say he didn't have his chance, man. He could have beat
2: that team, Keith. It's on him. As, He's as got far as no I... one to
4: blame. But it's not Mike McCarthy. It's Nani. It was him. He threw the interceptions. And it's frustrating, and it brought me back to, like, all those years ago, man, when they lost to Montana in the 49ers. It made my stomach sick, man. I was, it was like, this team just cannot write the ship, Keith.
2: Yeah, you, you can't get outplayed by a, a kid that's played seven games in the league. You've been in the league oh, seven oh, man, it's years. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Against and a defense like that, you've you got to take care of the football. You can't be making $40 million a year turning the ball over like that. That's all he 40 did all 90, year. Keith.
4: It's crazy, man. $40 million. And let me tell you something. The defense gave him every opportunity. It was embarrassing. Anyway, you and we will talk more about this. It's. I'm in Yankee Stadium. Gossage is pitching, right? He throws the pitch. Next thing you know, you hear the mitt. I'm not, I'm not lying, Keith. I could not see the ball when he pitched.
2: Yeah, he was a boss. And I was there.
4: I was there live in the stadium. <laughs> All you saw was his arm, and the next thing you know, you heard the pop of the glove. It was crazy at 99 Yeah, miles
2: he, he was throwing 98 out of the pen when guys weren't throwing 98. Now every team's got a guy throwing 98 miles an hour out of the pen.
4: Can I ask you one question because I want your opinion? Yeah. Why do they keep paying these guys like Garoppolo or Lamar, who can't get through a whole season, man? What are they? I mean, they these just guys like,
2: can't. They're they're paying them, hoping that they stay healthy. They're paying them, defaulting into these contracts that, like, it just is is the market, right? Lamar just turned down one hundred and thirty three guaranteed. Why he feels like he can do that because of the guarantee. Hey, them will we
4: make it through a whole season, man. You and I both know it.
2: Yeah, I know him and Jimmy. I just D, want to like... say
4: this and let you go, man. Because you've been great. Your shows are great, man, and, and I'm so happy for a young guy to be in the greatest city in the world, making it. You're a real inspiration, brother. I mean that. But let me say this, man. You put Aaron Rodgers on the Cowboys right now, you'll get one Super Bowl. Of course, <laughs> of course. That's a fact, man. That's a fact. Of course Jerry Jones with all that money Can't st- can't use common sense to say Just come
2: here man It's Jerry Jones' fault other... that they're paying Dak Prescott what they're paying him Crazy bro They defaulted you into put... that Keith look at this And I
4: know it's just a dream You put Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers together Who are both available on that cowboy team We'd be singing We'd think Jimmy Johnson was back there Man you and I'd be kissing the ground brother
2: Yeah Jerry's curse. Thanks for the call Kevin it brings me down to talk about them Cowboys, but I will. It's part of the, the job. I literally said to Paulie yesterday as we were like prepping and talking about the show. I'm like, yeah, nobody's gonna want to care to, you know, talk to about talk to me about the Cowboys, right? And he's like, no, you're you're a Dallas fan. You're gonna get those calls, and I'll take them. Vincent is out in Astoria. Next up on the fan, what do you got for us, Vinny?
7: Hey Keith, thanks for taking my call. So, so what happens, right, as a Cowboy fan. I've been a Cowboy fan since 1977. And I and I remember the Danny White uh games that we blew three straight road championship games, but I also remember Roger Staubach and obviously Troy Aikman winning Super Bowls. But here's the problem, right? The Cowboys have been crushing us year in and year out for the last, whatever, 27 years. So going into the Tampa game, I'm like, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be a close game. Cowboys are going to blow. Either Dak's going to throw a, a bad pick and we're going to lose, or Tom Brady's <laughs> going to march down the field and win the game, you know, on the last drive. And, I, and that's what I thought going in there. So what happens? Dak plays. Great four touchdowns in the air, one on the ground. I was like shocked that Kellen Moore is calling these bootlegs. I'm like, I can't. I'm like, is this the same Cowboy team? Is this the same Dak Prescott that I'm used to seeing? You know, having bad games in the playoffs. And he, but the, this is the problem, right? They have a great game against Tampa Bay. They destroy Tampa Bay. I wasn't even sold when it was twenty four nothing. And they couldn't get the extra points. I'm like, okay, Brady scores that touchdown. I told my wife on the couch here, I said, they're going to get the two points. Now they're two scores down. That's just how that's just how ingrained I am to the Cowboys blowing it. But, of course, as you know, we end up blowing them out. It was a, a great game by Dak Prescott. So now you say, okay, wait a minute. We're going to go into San Francisco. They got this young kid, Brock Purdy, who's, you know, he's, what, six in a row. And, you know, the kid's doing everything they ask him to do. But he hasn't really faced The pressure he's going to face against Dan Quinn's Cowboys defense, and you know, as long as we don't turn the ball over, we have we should win that game. And what happens? Now here I am. I'm all pumped up, and I'm I'm telling everyone how to listen. Take the Cowboys and the over. They're they're only laying, I think, uh, four points. I think the over under was forty six and a half. I'm like, this game's going to be a thirty eight, you know, twenty four Cowboy win, and. Dak Prescott, you know, does what he does and it's just it, it's mind blowing. Uh but here's this is what I want to talk to you about. I am praying to God, like you said, that Kellen Moore somehow fools people to to, to hire him as a head coach. I think that can be fixed. And I think the guy who could fix Dak is Frank Wright. I I would pay him head coach salary money, whatever it is, three, four million dollars, have him come in there, like I said, hopefully, you know, more leaves. I think he can fix you know, uh, Dak Prescott, just like I think what Dable has done to Danny uh, Jones, Daniel Jones. You know, he's shown flashes in his first four years, and as we all know, they didn't they didn't pick up his option because obviously they didn't believe too much in him. But after this season, you know, he has the leverage now because he is. You know, I don't know if he's a top ten, but he's up there. He's on the border, and he'll get he'll get. You know, if you look at the Kirk Cousins numbers, I think he should get you know thirty plus million is he worth 30 million? Probably not. Just like Dak is not worth 40 million. But as you said to the previous caller, that is the ridiculous market. And, and that's what, you know, that's what is. But I, I don't know what the odds are getting Frank Reich uh, to come in as the uh, OC, but I think he's the one that can fix Dak and get him to play at the level we need him to play.
2: Hey, I'm with you. I'll take it from here. Thanks for the call, Vincent. I mean, I would love Frank Wright to be the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Is Frank trying to be an OC or is he trying to be a head coach? Jerry Jones obviously could pay him to be an OC, but I don't I don't know. Now, as far as Dak Prescott is concerned, right, Dak came out and took full responsibility for the loss, and then he also said, you know, there won't be as many interceptions. I won't be turning the ball over, something along those lines next year. But, like, that is coaching. You saw Daniel Jones – Take care of the ball. It wasn't magic. It wasn't luck. That is coaching. You got to know what to do in certain situations so that you don't force the ball. And also, they have to get him some receivers. CeeDee Lamb is a good receiver, yes. But, like, on that one pick, it was a miscommunication between Michael Gallup and and Dak. They said, whatever, the, the throw looked to me like it was just off anyway. It was underthrown. They have to have better rapport with their receivers, better receivers that do run the right routes because there was a lot of times this year where Dak had multiple interceptions and people would say, oh, it wasn't on him or, oh, it was that one bounced off a receiver. Well, catch the ball. He's got Noah Brown not catching the ball. He's got Michael Gallup and some of these other guys out there not catching the ball. It's not all on Dak, but it is. When you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you've got sleep number commercials, Dannon commercials, 40 million a year and all of that. You've got to be better. <sighs>